Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Live from San Antonio, it's the Pick and Row Show, where a weekly podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. A couple of great ways that you can help out with our podcast is by telling your friends, your coworkers, your family members at gatherings, let them know about this amazing podcast and what we've talked about and how much you think they'll enjoy the podcast. You can even take the time to go on social media and tweet it out or Facebook it out or even show take a picture of our podcast and share it on Instagram. And we are also available on all social media outlets like Instagram and Twitter. Our Twitter our Twitter handle is at Pick and Row Show. Our Instagram is at Pick and Row Show. We often do live uh, broadcasts too with Periscope. So if you use Periscope, follow us at Pick and Row Show there. Um, also, if you want to drop a line to us, you can always do that at Pick and Row Show at gmail.com. Another great way to support this podcast and keep that algorithm flowing is going to uh, iTunes and and Stitcher Radio and rate, review, and subscribing. That always helps us out a lot. keeps that algorithm flowing, gets more reviews out there, gets us to appear on the new and noteworthy on iTunes, or it even gives gives us the opportunity to be on what's hot. Uh, You've also been very helpful and kind with that as well. Now, this week, this episode is a very, very great episode, and we hope you enjoy it. We actually got the time to sit down and talk with Jonathan Sanford. He is the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs public address announcer. We hope you enjoy this podcast. This is our guest. We're not really our first guest, but one of our, our biggest guests, so we hope you enjoy it. He tells a great story. I found it to be very interesting as well as, well as Pick. It's it's an amazing story. It's about it's about doing it's about doing what you want to do and achieving your dreams and going after your goals. And Jonathan's story is is really really amazing. And he kind of here and there, if you're a diehard Spurs fan, you'll really appreciate it because he kind of throws out a little bit of uh, some of his announcing uh, nuances and how he does all those uh, different intonations of of his voice and how for each player it pertains to. It's a really really cool cool podcast, and we had a lot of fun doing it. So. Dial it in, put your plug in your earbuds or your headphones or whatever you use to listen if you're working out or you're on your on that trip home. So uh sit back and relax or whatever it is that you're gonna do and we hope you enjoy the show. Okay, we're live with the San Antonio Spurs public address announcer, Jonathan Sanford. Jonathan, thanks for coming on the show. 
great Thursday evening. Oh, yes. Yeah, we sure are, sir. Appreciate you for uh, being joining our show in studio, on the phone, in the studio. There you go. Mobily. Mobily. <laughs> yes. Yeah, nice to be able to do remotes these days. That's right. That's right. Technology, right? Yeah. Well, so, it gets better and better every year. Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. Yes, that's it right. does. Uh, so, so Jonathan, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, should we ask him the, the, the team thing? It's Sanford, right? Like from Sanford or something? No. No? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. See, I told you, see? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, see, okay. See, I don't do have the spelling right. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so, um, I have five children, man. I don't just have one. I don't have LeBron. I have five kids. Right. Oh, okay. You got Lamont and you got everybody else too. You got, right? you got like a yeah, little basketball team there. So you got starting five right yep. there. Starting five. That's right. There you go. There you go. So yeah. So for our listeners out there, uh, they're Spurs fans or not, or just you know basketball fans or sports fans. Well, in you general, have to be Spurs fans. It's uh, ridiculous if you don't you're not have in San Antonio. To be a Spurs fan. I mean, come <laughs> on. Now. You don't have to be. Yeah. 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 So, but uh, yeah, John. John, is you go by Jonathan or John, or what do you go by? John or Jonathan, either way. All right, John or Jonathan. So, yeah, tell us, tell our uh, our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where you come from, and you know how you came yeah. up. And where are you from originally, anyway? Well, I'm originally from Jasper, Alabama. That's about 40 Jasper. miles northwest of Birmingham. Grew up uh, near the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Uh, right. So don't don't hold that against me. Oh don't yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm a big uh, Alabama fan. You know, people always when they find that out, they're always like, "Oh, wait a second, I thought I liked you for a little while." You know what? I love Alabama. And they find out. Well, I can't help but love it. You know, you grew oh, yeah. up there. You are born with a choice. You are either going to be an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan. Yeah. And you, yeah. About eighty five, eighty six, when uh, Van Tippen hit a long field goal to beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl, that was the night I said, "You know, uh, I'm going to be an Alabama fan for life." And even though you move away, you cannot take the the Bama out of the boy. That's right. It sticks with you no matter where you go. And it's okay. funny, my oldest daughter now she's really starting to understand the the rivalry between Alabama and Auburn. Even though she grew, she grew up to Texas and understands hmm. the Texas sentiment in football, there's just something special about the Alabama Auburn rivalry. Oh yeah, right. And so she's she's finally began to understand that. She's been through several Iron Bowls now. She's just turned 12 this past week and so she's starting to understand the the whole idea between being an Alabama fan and Auburn fan especially her fandom for Alabama and the Spurs has certainly become more natural for her she's gotten a little bit older she's starting to really understand but I grew up in Alabama okay cool uh, and, and, and Jasper Alabama is a small town in comparison to what you guys are certainly familiar with going up here in central Texas and in San Antonio this area uh, Jasper's a fairly small town no professional teams in the state of Alabama, but I knew by the age of 13 uh, that I wanted to be an NBA PA announcer. Wow. Um, also had aspirations of being a, a full-time minister, mm. a preacher, and so I kind of went that direction in my life because oh, wow. the state okay. of Alabama, so there was no, there was no professional team. I grew up right, uh, right. watching NBA all yeah. of the, the years, you know, certainly during the, the Ray Clay years. Oh, yeah. Years, mm. And Chicago, Ray Clay, a, a very big mentor of mine. In fact, after he won the NBA championship with the Spurs two years ago, Ray Clay was the first person to reach out and speak to me about winning the NBA championship as an announcer. Wow. Of course, he knows all about championships, having yeah. been the announcer there for the Bulls for so many years. But it was kind of Ray that, that sparked my interest in this deal years ago, back when I was 13. But I, I really didn't know how to carry that dream out. There was the Atlanta Hawks over in Atlanta, but I really didn't grow up a big Atlanta Hawks fan. Right, right. right. I kind of jumped around from, from team to team uh, as a child, depending on the, the players. I remember really getting into the, the Seattle-Phoenix rivalry back in the, uh, the, the 90s. Oh, 80s. yeah. Um, and there were other great rivalries that just kind of, 
caused me to gravitate toward them and, and enjoy the personalities on those teams. Of course, when the Spurs really got things going, uh, you know, pop '96 uh, and on from that point. Right. Certainly, the Spurs caught my eyes, but never did a dream I would have uh, near San Antonio. You know, growing up in Alabama, but in uh, 2001, I met my wife. Uh, and she grew up here in Austin, Texas. So eventually, okay. we knew we would get to Texas. Uh, it was just a matter of time. And um, so, one of the things I'll tell you about myself is I was preaching at around the age of eighteen. I had been guest hmm. speaking before that, and, wow. and began preaching at the age of eighteen. So there was kind of this desire for me that wherever I was preaching, the town that I was in, especially after my wife and I married, that whatever town I was in, I would become the PNL the local high school football team, basketball, baseball, yeah. softball, you name it. And when we were in the Houston area, we were there for about 11, uh, almost 12 years, people would always come up to me and, and say, you know, why aren't you the announcer for the Houston Texans? Or, or why aren't you announcing for the Astros or yeah. the Rockets when we were there in the Houston area? And I also worked for an, an organization called Lance Leaders and Leaderettes, which we did a deal up in, in Dallas every year. And I would always speak at this conference, announce this big youth conference, and there were kids coming up to me thinking that I was the announcer for the Dallas Mavericks. But, yeah. you know, I don't always put that in the back of my mind thinking, you know, well, that that's nice. You know, that kind of goes along with my dream. But finally, in 2011, I had the chance to make the move here to Austin, uh, Texas, where my in-laws are at. When you got five children, you got to have in-law help. No, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah. need a you whole community. Have some help. Yeah, you yeah. definitely do. Um, you need a whole bunch of help. So it was natural for my wife to want to move back here to this area, growing up in this area. It meant a lot to her to, to get back to this area. And I guess you might say that's when the ball got rolling because when we, we moved here, there wasn't a, a full-time ministry opening right away. And I just kind of said, well, you know what, uh, Jennifer, my wife, I said, would you have a problem if I pursued uh, my announcing a little bit more heavily than I had done uh, during the last 15 or so years? And, of course, she she gave me her blessing. Of She's course. a music teacher, has her master's degree in music, so she wanted oh, to cool. teach music. And that gave me the, the opportunity to do this. But, really, nobody knew me from uh, Adam. Wow. In this wow. area in 2011. And I went to the Austin Independent School District. Um, my mother in law was the bookkeeper at Bowie High School. And just through talking and finding out um, uh, about Austin Independent School District, I went up there and asked them that they have an opening for a PA announcer at one of their three stadiums. They have, of course, House Park was the old house uh, field there in downtown Austin. They've got Nelson, mm-hmm. which is North Austin. And then Burger Stadium, which is the um, stadium where they filmed uh, Dazed and Confused. Oh, that? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Great movie. Yeah. So that stadium has a has a lot of a lot of history. But when I went there and talked with the uh, athletic directors, uh, two of the main ones still there today, Lynn Poole and Mike Samark, they said, "Well, listen, Jonathan, we've already got you know all of our fields are full. We've got all the PA announcers hired up. But if you would just leave an application with us, uh, let us know your desire. We'll document that." there becomes an opening we'll let you know well they kind of had it that day because i dropped it this is on a thursday around 11 a.m i dropped off that application with them that day filled out everything and left it with them and that afternoon about three o'clock i received a phone call from Boyd johnston who was directing a area track and field meet up in north austin at nelson field and he said listen the pa announcer here at nelson field has gotten sick I realized that you just dropped off an application today, but if, if you're available, he said, man, I could 
really use some help here to get me out of a tough spot. I said, well, let me let me call my father-in-law. Uh, he'll be my spotter. I said, we'll come up there and we'll announce that uh, track and field meet. So I went up in the in the press box there and announced the track and field meet uh, there for the area. I walked down the stadium steps afterwards, and Wade Johnson was standing at the bottom, and, and my father-in-law was standing there, and he said, um, your name is Jonathan, right? I said, yes, sir. Uh, we spoke on the phone. He said, I've got to tell you. He said, son, he said, I've been doing this a long time. He said, you're the best PA announcer I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow. That's cool. And yeah. he said, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go home tonight. And, and he said, I'm going to call uh, Mike and, and Lynn there at ASD. And he said, I'm going to tell them they need to get you on board huh. uh, immediately. You know, I just kind of I just kind of wrote it off because right. I've had people over the years, especially when I was in the Houston area, come to me uh, at games and, and such and say, man, I'm going to go and, and tell this person with, right. the, with the Astros or this person with the Rockets or this person with – University of Houston uh, that they need to hire you or something and it would just you know be nothing nice panned be, out. you know right. and, and and flattering but nothing would ever come of it so I just kind of wrote it off but the next day my phone rings and it's Lynn Poole and she says now Jonathan uh, Wade who's been with our district for a long long time has really spoken highly of you and hmm. I told you we don't have any openings but she said I'm going to try to work some ways to get you involved here so they had some softball playoffs coming up in just a short few weeks later. Yeah. They asked me to announce those softball playoffs. And I'm sitting there announcing a game between Dripping Springs, yeah. uh, which is, you know, in this area. I know Dripping Springs. One of, AI, one of the AISD schools was playing in that game. And it just so happened that the principal of Dripping Springs uh, is the wife of the former head of the UIL, Dr. Mark Cousins. Wow. Okay. Uh, he just stepped down just, you know, not too long ago from the head of the UIL. But she happened to be there. And she called her husband, held out the phone in the ear, and said, You've got to hear this guy. This guy needs to be announcing our state <laughs> softball tournament. And I didn't know this was going on. I, I went about my business and, and went home. And the next day, the phone rings. And, and Lynn is calling me from the district. And she says, Listen, is it okay if I give uh, Dr. Mark Cousins, the head of the UIL, your contact information um and she told me the story i said of course you know yes, why, why yeah, not sure. so uh a day or so later dr cousins calls me from the uil he says listen uh, my wife is really impressed with what you do, do behind the mic and we could use an extra announcer at our state uh, softball tournament which is held every year at red and charlie mccombs field and i said sure i, I would i'd be honored to do that so in the meantime, this was going to take place in like May, late May, early June. I'm sorry, Jonathan, and this is in 2011, you said? This is going from the fall of 2011 into the spring of 2012. Okay, this okay, this okay. This is going on between the fall of 2011 and the spring of 2012. Okay. So at, at that point, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, Kevin Brock, who was announcing for the Spurs at that time. Right, Big Kev, uh, yeah. Announced that, that, that he was going to be stepping down yeah. at the end of the um, – uh, 2011-2012 season. I remember I did Big not Kev. know this. Yeah. I, I, I had no idea this was going on. I, I just was so consumed with trying to get my name out here locally in the uh, Central Texas area. I'd also, in that same amount of time, had gotten in contact with a gentleman by the name of Danny Bennett who was opening up a new racetrack in Giddings, Texas. And I had announced a lot of racing in the Houston area for the uh, Royal Purple Raceway the Battleground Speedway and the Golden Triangle Raceway Park, uh, GTRP in Beaumont, Texas, and the other two in the Houston area. So I'd also made a contact there and had landed an opportunity to announce for 
what was then going to be the new Cotton Bowl Speedway, which is I've been there ever since um, uh, 2013 when they had their first official race. Gotcha. But back to the story here. In that interim time between the day I made contact with Dr. Cousins and the softball championship, as I said, two things happened. Um, Kevin Brock had announced he was going to be stepping yeah, down. But also, um, the International Federation of American Football had announced that they were coming to Austin to hold their world championships. This is where American-style football uh, takes place in an Olympic setting between eight different countries. Oh, and wow. they were looking really? for a guy mm-hmm. to announce this world championship, and my name was put forward, and, and I was cool. selected by USA Football to be the uh, voice of the world championships <sighs> at Burger Stadium that's pretty that, cool. uh, summer of 2012. Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. awesome. So that's really cool. I, I, I go and I do the softball championships, and in on the um, first day walks a gentleman into the room there by the name of Barry Tom. And Barry walks into the booth, and people are congratulating him on the fact that he's going to be the next Spurs announcer. Oh, um, oh. and I'm just—I I look at him, and I'm like, man, that, I, I'm just, you know, impressed. And, and I say, man, uh, congratulations! That is incredible. Um, been a dream of mine since I was uh, knee high to a grasshopper to be in yeah. your spot. <laughs> uh, congratulations, man! And and I didn't think anything else of it. I went ahead and did my my job that week, best of my ability. Right. Well, uh, you go ahead and go into June, late June into early July is the World Championships. I walk in on the first day, and I meet a gentleman by the name of Mike Plummer. Mike Plummer. Mike is going to be my um, game operations director for the World Championships. Right. And he walks up to me, introduces himself, and so we were talking. I said, what, what is your line of work besides this? He said, well, I've been with Spurs Sports Entertainment uh, um, as in their game operations department. And I said, oh, well, I uh, just met uh, a few weeks ago. I met your new public address announcer for the Spurs, uh, Barry Tom. Uh, I hear that he's taking over for Kevin Brock next season. And and Mike says, well, he said, Jonathan, that that job hasn't been made official yet. That job is still (laughs) uh, open. It's still open. Uh, And I thought, well, okay. Uh, But I I really didn't think anything of it. We said no more of it. A couple days passed, and Mike and I were talking. He said, John, I want you to do me a favor. He said, I want you to go home tonight, and I want you to go on the Spurs website, and I want you to send an application for the um, public address announcer position with the Spurs. And and I, I just kind of said, okay, well, I'll, I'll do it. Right, um, I, right. I, I, back in my mind, you know, Barry's the, the guy, you know, so I, I really just kind of was going to do it just to, to be nice right. and, and honor this guy who had been nice enough to ask me to do this. So I went home, and the first thing in the application it said you had to have three to five years NBA experience. And I was oh, like, oh, wow. forget that. <laughs> right. Forget that. I don't have any NBA experience. Zero. I said, I've done you know, high school and junior college ball, but never have I been in a position you know, to call NBA. So I, I didn't fill it out. I, I didn't even fill it out. I just went back the next day, and Mike was like, did you fill out the application like I asked you to? I was like, well, Mike, I didn't. I said, it said I had to have three or four years NBA, three to five years NBA experience. I said, I have zero. Yeah. He said, I don't care. He said, you have got the voice. You need to go ahead and fill that application right. and send it in. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So I went home that night, and I filled out the application. At the bottom of the application, it said, please submit a, a demo. Oh. Well, Brothers, let me tell you, 
when you've been doing high school ball <laughs> and junior college ball, yeah, you don't want to sit in that demo uh, with the Spurs. I mean, right, right. you know what I mean? It's, you're, you're on terrible sound systems a lot right, of the time. Right, right. You don't want to send that stuff in. So I did not send the demo in, and I went back and continued the world championships. It was a two-week uh, deal there in Austin. Uh, the first part of the second week, uh, Mike and I were talking, and I mentioned that about the demo. He goes, well, you need to submit that demo. I said, well, Mike, <laughs> Mike is I don't on you. He's have good. anything. I, I'm not going to send in this stuff. He goes, well, you need to send in something. <laughs> Mike is on so it. I, yeah. I, I, just kind of, I just kind of put it aside and was like, I'm not even going to mention it the rest of the, the world championships. I'm just going to do my job and say nothing more. I think the deadline for this deal, for, the, for sending in the demo, was the end of July. And my wife was on me. She, she started following Mike Plummer's shoes and was like, you've got to send in that demo. And I was like, honey, listen, I don't want to do it. I said, here's the reason why. I said, I want to get my hopes up here because yeah. I know that Barry Tom is the guy. He's been with them for years doing their, their D-League team and their Silver Stars team. I don't stand a chance here. So why even you know go through this process? And the final, the day of the deadline, my wife was like, listen, there, there's going to be heck to pay if you don't send that demo in. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you better do what she says. Serious, I mean, she, uh, yeah. Mama ain't happy yeah, nobody. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, right. So I, I go into the studio in my home, and I sat there for a second. I'm like, what can I do? So I just started recording myself with background music doing intros for the Spurs, like if I were the, the Spurs announcer. I, I did that. also did uh, several in-game calls. And I put together an MP3, and I mm-hmm. attached that um, res- that um, application. I sent it in, and I wiped it from my mind. And I kid you not, brothers. At this point, this is in this is in July of 2012, uh, into August. I thought no more of it. Right, right. And I mean, I I, I had completely eradicated it from my mind. You and in your eyes, because you had done everything mind, you did. Yeah. In, in my mind, Barry Tom's getting the position. You know. Why even think about it? Well, I guess it was probably about mid-August that the phone rang early one Friday morning, and it was Evan Maxwell, who was at that point part of the game operations team there with the San Antonio Spurs. Now he's with the Cavaliers. Wow. And I answered the phone, and it's summer. I mean, we haven't gotten up out of bed yet. My wife and I are being lazy because the kids are actually sleeping in for a change. Yeah. And it's early that morning the phone rings and it's Evan Maxwell and he goes um, my name is Evan Maxwell I'm with the San Antonio Spurs so Jonathan I just wanted to you know we played your demo inside the AT&T Center <laughs> for some of our, wow. our people here and he said I have to tell you it is a game changer definitely yeah. And, yeah. and I said well wow, I, I, you know I don't know what to say other than I appreciate that you know I uh, appreciate you saying that he said, listen, this is what we'd like for you to do. We'd like for you to come down, and we'd like to hear you live. Would oh, you wow. be willing to come down and do a, a half of a Silver Stars game? Oh, wow. There and I go. said, well, uh, you know, sure. But at this point, I'm still just kind of thinking, you know, uh, what about the other this guy? is all for show. Right. You know, uh, I remember when I, when I got down to the AT&T Center to do the Silver Stars game, I remember just kind of being uh, in this position in mind where thinking, okay, this is this is my chance to be on a big stage here uh, and enjoy this, soak it all in, and kind of just let it go. 
And I remember when I got there, I don't even think Barry even knew I was going to be there that day because I remember I sat down in the chair and Barry walks up. He's like, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, they've asked me to uh, announce, you know, half of a, of a Silver Stars game. He goes, oh. Because <laughs> I don't even know if they'd really communicated to him fully that day. Oh, so he, didn't, he didn't know either. That. At, at that point, I guess Barry and I knew that we were in this process together, and I had a ton of respect for him, uh, and still do. I just think the world of him. And so I really didn't, as I said, think I had a shot, uh, to say the least. Um, but I did my best in that Silver Stars game. They said, we'll let you know something as soon as possible. August went by. September went by, not a single hmm. phone call from SS&E. Hey, John, I'll just real quick. So, so how were you? Were you? Where was it? Like in the? Were you nervous or anything like that, or were you just kind of like, oh, you just forgot about it, kind of thing? You know, brother, I got to be honest with you. I was, I was relaxed because of the fact that I, I didn't go into this thinking, well, man, I stand a real shot of this deal. So, you know, this is coming my way, and I, you know, I, I never felt that. I just kind of felt like, okay things happen so quickly with all this timing like i said from getting that position in, in austin with the with the district and and dr mark cousins and the world championships meeting mike Plummer and and all that all this stuff had happened i knew it was happening for a reason i just didn't know what reason it was at this point right so it just kind of relaxed to that point that something good would come out of this i would i would hope but I just didn't think it would be that I would end up in the in the Spurs PA spot. <laughs> right. So at, at the end of September, I just was kind of like thinking, well, that's not received a single phone call. I have no idea what's going on. And a good friend of mine uh, who was an elder in the church I preached in back in the Houston area, uh, Ken Coleman, he had a good friend that works in SS&E, and him and I were just talking one day. He was asking about how the family was doing, and he had no idea about this situation with the Spurs um, or me even being involved in any process with them. And I just mentioned it to him, and he happened to mention it to someone who works in the Spurs organization and said, so, you know, I hear that that's going on. And uh, and so the next thing you know, the phone rings, and it's Chris Garcia who's with the Spurs. Yeah. And he was the head of game operations. Been there for a long, long time, guys, and probably yeah. one of those revered members of, of that staff uh, in game operations that I've ever been around. And he just kind of leveled with me, and he told me what the process would be. He said, um, we're going to have you back in October during preseason and have you announce a preseason Spurs game. We're going to have Barry announce a preseason Spurs game. Okay, okay. And then we're going to let you know from there. Yeah. They also uh, invited a couple of area guys uh, to announce a couple of uh, preseason Spurs games. So it was kind of a, a waiting period throughout the month of October. And uh, it was a few days before Halloween. The phone rang, and they wanted to schedule up a meeting between myself Chris Garcia, Daniel Casados, along with Frank Maselli and Lawrence Payne, who were there inside the Spurs organization, still there, do a great job. And so it was a set-down meeting with them. And I knew going into the meeting that, you know, they knew me from nobody. You know, I, I was a nobody in this situation. Kind of the Avery Johnson free agent, you know, <laughs> non-drafted free agent kind of person. Right, right. Um, so one of the questions came up, you know, you don't have NBA experience. And I knew that I didn't, you know. So I was I was honest with him. I said, I don't. But I said, if you give me the opportunity, 
I won't let you down. Uh, and I said, if you give me the chance, uh, I'll prove to you that I have that ability. Well, the end of that situation came about. They offered Barry the, the PA job with the Spurs, and they called me up uh, that afternoon and said we'd like to, you know, we've, we've given the job to Barry, and, of course, you know, my heart sank, even though I really was expecting that to be the case, and rightfully so. Right. Um, they offered me the opportunity to go to work for them up in Austin with their D-League team, which at that point was still the Austin Toros, and also to do the, the Silver Stars team in the summer. Hmm. Um, and I said, well, you know, um, I'd be glad to do that, just to get my foot into the organization. Right, foot yeah. the door have a chance to work within the organization meant a lot to me. I mean, look, I, I, I didn't even think I would have that opportunity to be quite right, honest. Right, right. So to be in that, that position was quite grand. And I, I did, I went into that first season with the, with the Toros. Uh, it would have been the fall of 2013. Let's see. Yeah. The fall of 20, let's see. It'll be the fall of 2012 okay. into the spring of, of 2013. That's right. So Barry had the season where it, it came down to, you know, game six, the notorious game six NBA final. Oh, yeah. We have to... and, and that season. And um, and I watched it all, um, you know, pulling for Barry and hoping for the best for the organization. And we also had a good season there in the Toros. Went all the way to the finals uh, with the Toros that season, my first season. So hmm. it was a great experience. Right. Uh, that summer. I uh, worked for the Silver Stars that summer, just had an incredible experience there. And then into the fall of 2013, uh, the phone rang, and it was Daniel Casados. And uh, Barry Tom had made the move back up to Austin to the Toros, and they were offering me the Spurs position. Okay, okay. So that pretty much is how it all uh, came to a head in terms of me getting into that spot uh, that I've been blessed to be in, of course, being that first season there. Uh, how many NBA announcers, P announcers, can say they've won an NBA championship or been on the or- been in the organization, I should say, uh, with a NBA champion organization in their first year? I don't know of anyone that, of all the peers I've spoken with that are announcers around the league, but right. it was uh, a pretty special endeavor. I, You know, I had no idea that you, I thought you were there on the in the in the twenty twelve twenty thirteen season. I didn't because I, I remember big. You know, I get that all the time. And yeah, it's funny. I've gotten that. Everybody has said that, and I think that's a tribute to the Spurs organization that we made that transition so seamlessly. Right. Um, that, that people did not even understand or know that that transition had been made. Right. Um, I, 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 a lot of people have asked me over the last few years. So, what was it like? You know. Uh, that, that 2012 and 2013 season, I said, well, it, uh, it must have felt great for Barry throughout the season. <laughs> right, and, you know, right. I, I wasn't there. <laughs> right, uh, it wasn't me. I remember in the Golden State Series, I was called in to, uh, uh, to back Barry up, uh, who was having an issue. Uh, his uh, mother-in-law was, was very ill. And, oh, okay. and, um, so they called me in to back him up at that point. But no, I think it's a real tribute to what um, Chris Garcia, Daniel Posados, and the guys there at SSN do, right. that the transition was so seamless that nobody even really knew well, uh, what had gone on. And that's that's not a knock on Barry. He was yeah. this, a great job. Um, but there, there wasn't this... I, I made it my point when I took that seat not to immediately appear drastically different than, than Barry. Okay. Because I felt like, you know, so 
so many times in the NBA with PA announcers, you get one guy who sounds exactly this way, right, and then the next guy sounds so different. I mean, if you look at Stan Kelly and Kevin Brock, I mean, they're oh yeah, I guess you might say they're they were polar opposites in their style. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Oh yeah. But I, I made it. My my mindset was coming there, be as invisible as possible uh, in that seat because I certainly didn't want to get anybody's attention in a negative way. Right. Do my job and try to start building some momentum there in that season. And, and we did. By the end of, of that season, you know, going into the playoffs, I really felt like we'd finally, I'd finally hit my stride and, and could start to show people a little bit more uh, about my style or my personality behind the mic. And, and it was telling that by the end of the regular season, into the playoffs, that visibility started to pick up a little bit. Well, you know, you you mentioned that, and I think on Twitter you get a lot of those uh, those tweets about the, the, the little the way you say three every time you know Patty makes a three or Danny Green makes a three or anybody makes a three. Has Danny Green made yeah. a three? He he's made a three. He made he made a few threes last night. He finally made a three. This yeah, year? he dr- <laughs> come on now. I love Danny Green. That's my, I'm a North yeah, Carolina don't, fan. Don't, so. don't, don't get on our, our North Carolina guy. I mean, yeah, he, I'm a North Carolina fan. Down. I like Danny Green. That's, 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 uh, well, you know, here's the thing about the three-ball call, and I get a lot of people ask me about that. I did not debut that call right away for the simple reason, as I just said. I felt like it was such a stark difference from what Barry had been doing that I didn't want to do it right away. And if you've ever noticed something about me in my announcing style, it's kind of that um, tendency to give a little bit and take it back. Right. You know what I mean? yeah. Don't. Don't just force feed people stuff because, I mean, they get tired of that. I mean, yeah, just like the yeah. first ball call, there are games where I maybe just said one time a night. You, you know what? And um, I, I noticed that last night in particular. I was like, okay, he's uh, it's, it's our ball. But, I mean, every, I know in the playoffs you, you would do it more. I noticed that just because of the momentum yeah, shifting. I mean, it, and everything. It's so funny. Going from that first season into the second season, I did not do it a single time during preseason. I had people, fans, coming up to me, uh, first fans, going, <laughs> Well, have you, are you not going to do that anymore? We really like that. I was like, right. you'll probably hear it. You'll probably hear it. So I, did not do it. I did not do it on opening night, on ring night. I did not do it a single time until, if you remember, the review at the end of the Dallas Mavericks Spurs game on opening night uh, last season when there was the ball that went out of bounds and it was under review. And it was ruled our ball with just um, a handful of, of moments left in the game and under a minute to go. And I waited until the moment was just right. And 
and I, you know, I let it go, and the the roof came off the place. <laughs> yeah, that told me that told me that that all that waiting paid off. So I've kind of tried to instill that philosophy in a lot of the calls, so not to overuse them or to uh, burn them out, you know, too quickly. Because I think that's a tendency we have as, as announcers to use something so much that that it kind of you know tires people out. But you know, who knows? I may change things up even more as time goes on. I'm just, I, as I say, every game that I'm allowed to do is a privilege and an honor. Yeah, yeah. I never take a single moment behind that mic for granted. Never a single game, a single bucket, a single defensive possession. There's not a single moment that I take for granted behind that mic. Because here's the key, guys. As I told you that story. I did not know that this was in store for me. Right. I had dreamed about it since I was a child. Yeah. But I did not know that it would come true. So therefore, no matter how long this ride lasts, at the end of the day, I can say, you know, it's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. And if it came to an end tomorrow, I could say thank you to the organization. I could walk away with a, a good heart and be glad just to have been a part of it for whatever period of time that I've been allowed to be a part of it. Yeah. Because I didn't know that I would be in the position, even though I dreamed about it since I was a child, and to have that opportunity, you know, it's just a privilege. So I don't take a single part of it for granted. I don't get the big head and say, here, look at me. Uh, I'm in this spot because I deserve it, etc." Because, I, you know, I've never looked at it that way. It was a process to get the opportunity, it's a process, I, I believe, to keep it, and I'll do everything I can to hold on to it. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to to uh, say spoil the mm-hmm. whole experience by having a bad attitude if it were to end tomorrow. Right, I'll be yeah. glad to have been a part of it and go from there. But hey, uh, that's a say. I don't want the ride in any time. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. You know, guys, it's a lot of fun. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding because you fans. Uh, you fans make it the most rewarding part. If you took all the fans out of the building, my job ends immediately. Right, right. But it's the fans and that intimacy that, that we're allowed to have behind that mic inside that arena that, that makes it so special. I don't think I don't think Spurs fans are going anywhere anytime soon, John. They're, they're going to be around for a long time. I, you know, I'll be gone. <laughs> I'll be gone long right. time before Spurs fans are out of that building. You should try like a, uh, this a try. Is the most loyal city I've ever been a part of. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You should throw a roll tide in there one time, see what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that, that whole deal about holding on to my job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's not too many tide fans down Avery here. Avery Johnson's in the house. Unless Avery Johnson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, there He's you now go. The, the head coach with Alabama and, and men's basketball. Yep, he sure is. I saw that. That him. was him. I was like, is that Avery Johnson? Yeah. Yeah, I did see yeah, that. Yeah, it sure is. Proud to have him part of uh, the Alabama nation there back home. So it sounds like you're uh, you're very spiritual. Sounds like it. Not that I know that, but just kind of get that feeling. Um, well, you, you have to be to have been in yeah. ministry for as long as I was. You know, I, I really have been delighted to be able to continue ministry on a part time basis. Being a full time minister has its challenges, especially as a a person who has a large family. As I mentioned, having five right. kids, my first three kids, I honestly did not know. Them. Um, oh, you're there working that I'd much? I'd be at the church office from, from yeah. 8 to 5, Monday through Friday. You know, I'd get calls when I'd get home to go out and have to do visits and things of that nature, which I love doing, but it took me away from my wife and my children. And uh, as far 
as my oldest daughter, uh, my second daughter, and my first son, I really didn't know them. And the last two children over the last uh, four and a half years of my life have been such a blessing to get to to know them from the aspect of not having to be in in an office every day and having the ability to still minister part-time has been a real honor. Hmm. Um, And I'm grateful to be able to still do that. Yeah. Sounds like you're you're very appreciative of where you are, and that, that's that's nice to hear that from people. So, um, man, well, you know what, guys, you only you, you know unless you believe in, in living multiple lives, etc. You know, <laughs> really, in my thought process, <laughs> right. I only get one. This is all you got. This is what you got. Uh, yeah. So I'm gonna you know enjoy it as much as I can, smile as much as I can, try to be as much of an asset to as many people as I can. And at the end of the day, when life is over, you, you've done what you can do, and then it's uh, it's on to eternity from there if you believe in such a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's well right. said. That's right. So I have, a, I have a very serious question for you, John. Very, very sure, serious. Ahead. you got to think long and hard on this one. How do you feel about LeBron James? <laughs> <laughs> He's from Ohio, well, by the way. I'm a Buckeye, man, so I was going to say, I, I was going to try to hold it. That's why I said I like Alabama, because I'm a Buckeye, and we got y'all last year. So. Well, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> if, I, if, if you ask me about about my love for the NBA, for the league, if I was not involved in the Spurs organization, and I was still that child sitting at home in Jasper, Alabama, just watching the NBA from afar, I would have to tell you that my mind would probably gravitate to pull against him because okay. I was always as a child pulling for the underdog. Yeah, I yeah, would always yeah. find I a way that. to pull for the underdog. Yeah, so I get that. That's, uh, that would probably be my tendency if I were that kid back home in Alabama to pull against him because he's one of the very best. Yes, so, he is. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd probably pull against him being that I, I pull for the underdog, but no disrespect at all the man has accomplished great things and yes. still has many great things left that, that he will accomplish and when you see the respect that a guy like Tim Duncan has for LeBron James oh yeah they, they're really good friends they're pretty cool right when you look at the respect that they have for each other that is telling yes yeah and, and Tim yeah. Duncan is kind of like the um I don't know if you would call him a moral compass Oh, yeah. But I, yeah. I really, I, can see I, that. I look at him, and when I see the way that he reacts to, to players and the respect that he gives them, you can tell when a player deserves respect because Tim Duncan's going to show it to Tim him. Tim gave it to him, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if Tim Duncan respects him, hmm. and which it's been very visible that he does, then I respect him as well. So who's your uh, who's your favorite Spurs player? Is that is that a uh... – <laughs> you have more than one favorite. So I like I like them all. I don't have a favorite. You know, okay. I, you know okay. that's funny. I don't I don't have a favorite. People have asked me what's your favorite name to say. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. just and about to I, ask you that. I wanted to ask you that. <laughs> if I if I'm copying Jeff Sheen, who has been on my case uh, about about uh, saying this name more, um, he, he he's always about me about saying. Boban Marjanovic more. You know, yeah. of course everybody <laughs> has loved that name. Right, right. But you know what? There, I'm. I'm honest with you guys. I enjoy saying every single name on our roster. Um, I've enjoyed the ones that we've had prior to this year, such as Corey, um, right. Tiago, yeah, uh, yeah. Marco. Uh, yeah. I, there are certain aspects of every player that appeal to me. Um, so there's not one guy that I just 
and you can't do that from an announcer standpoint. I think it shows if you have a favorite player, it's going to show eventually uh, in the way you yeah. announce that mm-hmm. player's name versus the rest of the roster. So right. I, I'm dead honest when I say I don't have a favorite. Um, I find ways in every player to find a, a, an aspect of their game or their person that uh, gives me just as much passion for saying their name as I do uh, their teammates. Gotcha. So, you know, um, Bob Shepard, you know, the longtime PA announcer for the New York Yankees, passed away about five years yeah. ago. And uh, I was reading a little article about him, and they asked him, you know, and he would always try to get the, you know, the, the, the accents right on every single baseball player he would, he would talk about. But they always asked him, one player that just you love to announce, and he said Mickey Mantle because it gave him chills down his spine or something like that and mickey mantle told him you know what it was the same thing for me every time i heard you announce my name so has there ever been a moment like that for you i imagine like during the nba finals introductions or you know things like that do you ever get that moment where you have like you realize you have goosebumps because it's such an amazing feeling at that particular moment i can be quite frank and say that the moments that i get chill bumps has nothing to do with what i say it has to do with the reactions uh, of the people inside the arena. Oh, okay. In baseball, in baseball, it's different because you're in that in that press box. You're kind of separate from the world, so to speak, inside that press box. You might have a little window to the world, but you're not surrounded by the world. In the NBA, especially in our position, being there dead center at the at the, at the press table, excuse me, at the at the scorers table, when there's a reaction. And that crowd comes to their feet. Even during timeouts, there have been moments where I've turned to Daniel Casados mm-hmm. and showed him my arm. The chill bumps were raised on my arms from what you guys as fans and what the players have done. Those are the moments that I get chill bumps. Yeah. It's not because of, of me announcing a name a certain way or, or, or anything of that nature. It's about the natural course of an event and having something take place so organically within the event, within the plays that take place that bring the chill bumps for me. I, I do I do in particular like the way you pronounce uh, Boris Diaw's name when he scores. You, The way you say his last name, it's, it's really cool. I like the way you say that. Well, it's funny. Growing up, I had a real high-pitched voice. This will be a, an insight to you here. <laughs> when I was in uh, high school, I was made fun of because I had this tremendously high-pitched voice. And had a gentleman in our high school that I won't mention his name, <laughs> but I mean, he, he basically told me I would never amount to anything because oh. my voice was so high. Um, and I, I just kept hoping that it would drop, you know, just kept hoping it would drop. But what happened was my range just got larger. Right. In other words, I didn't lose the high, the, the higher octaves in my voice, but I also developed the lower octaves which has been a, a benefit. You know, when you're doing names like Boris Diaw, you know, I can go from that high note and, and just slur all the way down. If you, if you hear me say the last part of that name, you understand what I'm doing there right. from a musical perspective. So I try to add some of the musical elements that I've grown up around into some of those names. Like the three is actually just a uh, two and a half, three octave slur. So right. um, things like that are, are fun to try to incorporate. And I like Boris's name for that nature. I like Danny's name for that nature. Um, you know, I kind of growl a little bit on, on Danny's name and 
and and slur up a little bit. So it's fun. It, it, I, I've enjoyed trying to incorporate in different things and different names. Like Tim's name is very punchy, you know, because it's it's his Tim. You know, he's, right. he's not about flash or, or or a parade. He's about let's get it done. You know, so it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's punchy. It's it's Tim Duncan. It's not yeah. you know elongated <laughs> out. Right. Like Straight to the point. So, what's like one of the hardest names? Not not in the NBA, but just like throughout your whole. Because you've announced a lot of names, I'm sure. Well, when I was doing that that uh, World Championship, I had yeah. <laughs> I athletes bet. from eight different countries, right, seven right. different countries. You know, not counting ours. How do they like prep uh, you for that? Thankfully, thing? I had some good help with that. Okay, but man, you talk about challenges. Yes, man, those were some difficult names. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember they showed me the rosters for those teams before they gave me a, a PR rep, and I was like. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> uh, what am I supposed to do? We're gonna provide you somebody that will help you. With that. Oh. And I was like, thank goodness, because if not, I'm done. So that's like a translator, <laughs> right? They they provide yeah, you. That, but I had some great help in that. Yeah. Okay. And Mike Plummer, who as I mentioned, uh, he was a great asset to that. But back back to the Spurs, just a moment. You know, when you come to the names that we have, one thing is, if you haven't understood this already, I try to encapsulate um, the personality of the player in the way that I say their name. Uh, right. Yeah. If that makes any sense to you guys, I, I try to encapsulate that that personality of the player in the way that I, I announce their name. And I try not to have every name sound, you know, alike in terms of the way they're carried out. Some announcers that I've heard over the years, there's just one way they say every name. I, I've tried not to do that. Uh and I still work on that because I never want that to be the case. Well, you know, I think it, you're, the the Lakers PA announcer just says everybody's name the same way with no, uh, you know, I very very well, and subtle. You have to understand though, that's that's Lawrence Tanner. I mean, that, yeah. he's a legend. And, right. And one thing you'll never hear me do, guys, is you'll never hear me criticize a fellow uh, NBA PA announcer. Right. Of it's course. Not my style. Because everybody has their own thing, and. They're also taking uh, direction from their organization as well. So you always have to keep that in mind, that they may be doing what they're asked to do by the organization, too. Um, but Lawrence is an absolute legend in this business. And having grown up you know, watching the NBA from afar, I remember just listening to that uh, you know, as a young man and thinking, wow, that's powerful. That's not the style that I perceive myself being, but that's powerful because it fits what they do right so it, it, it comes across uh, and gets it there that. i mean and i they they had like a brief documentary on him one night and he was talking about how he just he gets his point he gets it across and it's you know and it works because i, I mean I've, I've always liked that voice that distinct voice that he has and all these pa announcers like i think growing up i don't know about you pick but i remember the what the say he's still there i know for the orlando magic that pa announcer the way he would announce shaquille o'neal's name when he would score i mean oh yeah he's been there for a long time yeah he's yeah. he's got a gr- great voice i've always you know and ray clay of course i you know everybody knows ray clay i i liked ray clay a lot you know you knew you were hearing well, a, a couple of guys in the league right now who've been my best friend rick trotter with memphis grizzlies good friend of mine great announcer mark mason <laughs> in portland been a great guy. John Paul Stevenson there in, in Houston, certainly, you know, just absolutely fantastic man. Uh, and those guys have been, you know, my best cheerleaders. Uh, Scott Moak uh, out in, in Sacramento. The good thing about the camaraderie that I found between us PA guys is that none of the guys that I've talked with that are 
my fellow guys around the league have ever been critical of me. They've always been very, you know, uh, encouraging, even my first season. So I, if there's a new guy that enters the NBA as a PA guy, then I'm going to try to give him that same, you know, blessing because they gave that to me. But, man, those guys are all class acts. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. What kind of advice would you give somebody that's trying to, like, get into this uh, type of, uh, I mean, job position? Because we have a friend that kind of does that stuff. Um, well, you know, first of all, I had to make a decision years ago that I want to do TV, radio, play-by-play, play play, or did I want to do PA? And I think that's the first thing every aspiring announcer has that decision they have to make is, what do I feel is my forte? Do I do I want to go PA or do I want to go radio, TV? And you have to make that decision first because if you kind of dilly-dally between the two and never really fully commit to one to the other, then you kind of limit the height of your ascension uh, of how far you could possibly go in that deal. I mean, if we're honest about it, radio, TV guys, they make five times more than, than I'll ever make. Um, in terms of money, but I don't do this for the money. That's the first thing I would tell them. If you're going to get into PA announcing, don't do it for the money because the money's not in this business. I do this because it is my passion. It is my love. It's been my love for a number of years, so I've never approached it from a standpoint of, well, I've got to do this to make a living for my family. I make a living for my family otherwise. Right. Um, But, you know, this is, that's the first thing I would tell them. First of all, don't don't get in for the money. If you're wanting the money, go radio TV. Right. But right. if you're in it for the passion, in it for the love of the game, in it for giving back to your local community, um, then this is the way to go. Right. I have a lot of people that, that, especially you know, with LinkedIn being so popular nowadays, I get a lot of requests from guys. And I've helped several guys make their, their move up to – the ladder around the country. I've got a young man up in um, uh, Washington State right now that I've helped go from basically doing uh, a few high school games here and there to now doing the state championships in, in Washington State. And um, you know, you, you, Martin uh, Dalwood is a good guy, good kid. Uh, he's taken the advice that I've given him uh, and has just tried to implement those things and. Um, if you do that, I, I feel like, you know, the sky's the limit if you've got a decent voice. Yeah. If you've got a decent voice, the sky's the limit. you just got to be – one of the things I'll say to, to PA guys is be as prepared as possible. If you ever come by my table at an NBA game, you'll see that I am doing everything I can to make sure every I is dotted and every T is crossed. I don't want there to be a mispronunciation of any player's name come out of my lips. I don't want that to happen. Uh, so I do everything possible before I even get to the arena to make sure I have the right rosters, the the right information, right pronunciations, so that when I get there, um, there's no question about what I'm about to do. And I've had PR guys from some of the other teams around the league come up and see the stuff that I do and say, man, I wish you know other guys would do this. But it's all about preparation. It's all about being prepared when you get there so that you're right. not scrambling to get something um, that you could have gotten before you get to the arena. Most definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, man, we really appreciate you uh, talking to us tonight. We don't want to take too much of your time, man. I know you're uh, probably a well, busy I, person. Well, I appreciate you guys um, 
giving me the opportunity yeah. to speak to you guys. And, well, we're really glad that you did it. I hope bored you guys or your listeners at all. No, okay. not at all, not at all. I, I'm really glad that you, you came on the podcast. I know um, we I had messaged you a while back about doing it, and you were very, very uh, excited about wanting to help us and, I mean, and, and sit out and take the time to let us interview you and talk to us. And uh, we really appreciate that. That goes a long way, and, um, you know, we... We really, I mean, I can't say thanks enough. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we really appreciate that. Uh, thank you, guys. You know, I, I owe a lot of thank yous to a lot of folks out there who have been, you know, just very, very graceful and, and encouraging and, and very helpful along the way. And as I said in that story, I couldn't even have gotten to this point without all those people. You, you talk about, like, um, the guys I work with right now, first of all, I'll give one, one shout real quick. Go ahead. Go right ahead. To work with and came operations, you know. These are folks that you guys probably rarely ever get to see, but um, Daniel Casado, who works beside me to my right every game, is just, I mean, he is a, a, a class guy who does a great job. Chris Garcia, who I worked with formerly, who's now with the Houston Astros, just a, a really great guy and, and helped me, you know, tremendously when I first uh, got my foot in the door with Spurs Sports Entertainment. Um, Megan Barth, who's up there in Austin with the uh, Toros, of course, she was the first game ops director I worked with inside the organization because she does that up there for uh, the Austin Spurs now. Um, but there's there's a lot of others, and people don't realize what a great asset folks like uh, Lawrence Payne and, and Frank Maselli and those guys and have, have been to me and, and their encouragement. That, like I said, they didn't know me from uh, Adam and for them to take a chance on me and give me an opportunity to be a part of the organization. Uh, every day, I'm just thankful for them because without them, I'm, I'm still doing my love and you know enjoying it from a, a different perspective. But being able to do it from this seat and in this opportunity uh, that I dreamt about from an early age has been a, a dream come true. Well, you're very awesome as a longtime Spurs fan um, from the days of Stan Kelly to now or you know for me growing up i think awesome awesome they made a great choice yes they did well thank you i look back at stan you know and and i didn't live here back when when stan was in that seat but ton of respect for what he did i mean oh yeah he had that voice i mean that that you know i mentioned my dream was to be an nba announcer now my dream is to try to be successful for the amount of time that somebody like stan kelly was while he was with the orders but 18 seasons maybe yes. I guess I'm yeah. not sure but it was a it was a long time and I mean that's a dream that's a dream to be able to say you've been with an organization announcing for that long a period of time and what all the experiences and memories that he had uh it has to be incredible um and of course Kevin Brock as I mentioned uh as well yeah and Barry uh, it comes down to this guys when you when you think about the whole experience that Stan, Kevin, Barry, and I have experienced, and there are other names before uh, Stan, by right. the way, that go back, you know, in the earlier days. It, again, though, it all comes down to you all, because you all as the fans, um, Coach Popovich, the players, all the assistant coaches, the training staff, everybody involved, I, I'm there sitting in that seat because of you all. It's not because of anything that I've ever done to deserve to be in that seat. So I owe it all to you. I owe it all to everybody within the organization. And that's why it keeps you level-headed. That's why it keeps that 
I don't get an ego. I, I don't have, get a big head because of that. I realize that the truth is there's probably 8,500 people that could do what I'm doing. But I just feel like it's a blessing to, to have that opportunity. Most definitely. Um, I mean, there's not a, there's not a, like the other night uh, against Denver, when things are going well, you, you count your blessings. When things are not going well, you still count, you still your, count blessings. your blessings. When it's no, a rough no, no. night. I mean, I, I, I still do the stars, the silver stars, as they used to be called. And we had a, a pretty rough summer. The team, you know, didn't win a lot of home games. And someone asked me, how do you how do you stay positive? Well, it's just about the privilege of being able to be behind that mic. You, Whether it's a, a win or a loss, now you appreciate the wins, but you also learn from the losses. You learn of ways that you, as, a, as an announcer, can be better. Uh, even if, if the team might be losing, there's still ways for you personally to improve. So there's not a game that goes by that I don't think, you know, what can I do better? Uh, I hmm. remember I was talking to D.C., Daniel Posados, before the season, what can I do better? And you'll hear me, like, I've changed the, the free throws now. I don't know if you've noticed this season. I used to just, you know, simply say when our kid players at the line, you know, uh, Danny Green at the line, shooting two. Right. Now I, I've changed that to uh, two shots, you know, something two different. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you'll hear me continue to, you'll, you'll hear bang, me continue bang. to change things up like that every year because you want to stay fresh. Right, right. So right, that yeah. you guys I don't want you getting tired of me. That's the key. Right, I don't want right. you getting tired of me. Well, I, I do like the way you do that before a tip-off where you say, you know, it's Was game it? time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way you did Man, that. you guys have no idea how I've racked my brain trying to come up with different ways to do that. Like, I haven't even ever, back in, in 2013, Chris Garcia and Daniel Casados, there was some thought about, well, what are you going to do before tip-off? And I, I threw it out there to some of my peers in the announcing business. I was like, so you guys probably far more creative than me tell me what do you want me to say you know so i had all these submissions from people about you know what should i say before tip off and there was all these different sayings and things and then finally somebody said uh and it may have been just chris garcia said why don't we just keep it simple this is the spurs you don't have to have all these different sayings Uh, why don't we just keep it simple and and then address the city san antonio it's you know game time and and I was like, you know what? That makes too much sense, you know? It right. makes too much sense here. So I may mix up a little bit here and there, but like you say, it's just game time. You know, that, that whole uh, phrase kind of works well for, for this organization. Because oh, yeah. They don't need the pomp and circumstance. It's just time to go to work. Right, right, <laughs> right. Most definitely. Right. That's, that's San Antonio right there, San Antonio basketball. All right. Thank you very much for appearing on the podcast, Jonathan. Again, Pick and I had a great time talking with you and enjoying your story. We really hope that you can come on that on the podcast again and talk more about your career and even talk about some other experiences that you've had with the Spurs. Uh, we fo- Folks, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, a couple of great ways that I mentioned earlier in the podcast uh, is you can rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, write that review. Tell us what you think about the podcast or even email us, pickandrowshow at gmail. You could tell us specifically what you liked about this particular episode or any other episode. And um, and you can give us your opinion and insights there. We'll even share it on the next podcast and let fans know or let listeners know what you thought about something specifically. We can address it to you. And again, speaking of social media outlets, we have that Twitter handle at Pick and Row Show, our Instagram at Pick and Row Show, and our Periscope at Pick and Row Show. Uh, for 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 pick, I'm Ro. We really really thank you for listening to the show, and we hope you have a great week. And uh, we'll see you. Thanks.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.